Hi, friends. Welcome to the Get Off Your Affirmation podcast. I'm Leona Evans, and I'm here today with my son and co-host, Matthew J. Evans. Hi, it's great to be here. We're going to have a wonderful show today. We decided to title the episode of this podcast, The Metaphysics of the Midterms. The elections came at a time when Americans needed it the most, and I really believe that there has been a transformation in consciousness that's taking place, and it's really important to talk about. Now, the preservation of our democracy has been severely challenged over the past few years. The polarization of our two major political parties has been at the root of a tremendous amount of stress for the American people. The Constitution has been challenged. Our personal freedoms have been threatened. The January 6th attack at the Capitol building sent us into a type of shock that many of us have never seen in our lifetime. The anger and rage seem to be overtaking our better judgment, causing more violence on our streets, in our neighborhoods, simple arguments turning into violent outbreaks, and our media reports filled with verbal insults, racism, Add COVID, the war in Ukraine, global warming, and the world economy, and we're faced with extreme issues that require us to do some things differently and to draw some important boundaries. This is the time for each of us to wake up, take responsibility for what is ours to do, and demand changes in favor of preserving our democracy and our human dignity. This past week, we've seen evidence that we're doing just that. Our midterm elections were held, and many political positions were up for re-election. Now, in the vast majority of cases during midterm elections, the party who is in power loses a great deal of seats in both houses of Congress. But this time was different. Many voters did not vote their party, but voted their issues. They voted for protection of abortion rights in many states. They voted for the more moderate candidates as opposed to extremists. Voters seemed to understand that our democracy was at stake and chose to level the playing field, so to speak, by voting for those who they saw to be more moderate and more likely to work toward bipartisan cooperation. In my opinion, the importance of this election cannot be understated and marks a historic change in what Americans as a whole are willing to tolerate. So, what does this mean from a philosophical perspective? Let's talk about the Overton window, which is a topic that I've been discussing not only during our Sunday live streams at Unity, but in workshops that Matthew and I have done for Unity Village as well. The Overton window is the range of policies that are politically acceptable to the mainstream population at any given time. It's a model for understanding how ideas in society change over time and influence politics. Now, politicians are limited in what policy ideas they can support. They generally pursue policies that are widely accepted throughout society as legitimate policy options. These policies lie inside the Overton window. While other policy ideas exist, politicians risk losing popular support if they champion these ideas. These policies lie outside the Overton window. For example, 
even though there was a concerted long-time effort on the part of some politicians to outlaw the right to abortion access, according to a Pew Research poll, 61% of Americans believe abortion should be legal in this country. This means that abortion rights are within the spectrum of the Overton window, and the opposition is outside. So we come to see that in a great number of cases, politicians are more followers than leaders. It's the rest of us, members of society, who ultimately determine the types of policies they will get behind. In other words, we the voters are more influential in shaping our policies than we realize, and our voices matter much more than we think. They definitely do. Now, it's important to understand that the Overton window can also be shifted by lies and distortions, because the window reflects what society believes, which can be as easily influenced by facts as it can be by inaccurate information. One uh, huge example that I can think of from my lifetime was the support for the Iraq War. Uh, the American public and, and major politicians were all told that there were weapons of mass destruction hidden in Iraq, and that justified us invading them with the military. And even people who later on, when it, it turned out that there were no weapons of mass destruction, they would come out against the war. At the time, they were all for it. Uh, support for the war was at an all-time high. The approval ratings for the president and for the party parties in power were very, very high, but as we found out later, it was not true. So we have to be really, really careful about what we listen to, how we absorb it. This puts even more responsibility on us to fact check and research and do everything we can to make sure our information is as accurate as possible. It also means we need to stay involved in politics so that we actually become the change we wish to see. It's so important to remember that when we become emotionally charged, and especially if we rely on other people to give us the information we know, we can get false information, and we can believe it just as strongly, and it can affect the Overton window just as powerfully. And so, yes, that is a perfect example of how this thing can work. And if it depends on what we believe, we need to make sure that we know what that is and that we're convinced that we have checked our facts and taken into consideration every piece of information possible. Now, this doesn't mean that we're never going to get caught up in false beliefs, but it does mean that when we take responsibility for being part of the solution, these things have less of a chance of upsetting us and uh, changing the political dynamic. Right. It's important to remember the Overton window itself isn't something that does something on society. The Overton window is really a way of looking 
at cultural beliefs, at trends in American society or any society that you really apply this framework to. One way that you can use this window is to, as I said, look at how trends change over time and line that up with politicians' actions. Uh, during the early 2000s and, and 2010s, the support for gay marriage was slowly increasing, but despite uh, an obvious trend of increasing popular support, you didn't actually see a lot of major politicians coming out in support of gay marriage until that percentage started reaching the upper 40s and, and 50 and 51 percent. And actually, if you look uh, at President Obama's stances on gay marriage, they perfectly line up with the popular opinion on gay marriage, which goes along exactly with what we were saying on how politicians are followers of the people. So we just have to make sure that as members of the people that we be as responsible and as judicious as we can. Thank you, Matthew. That was very well put. So now let's talk about the metaphysics of the midterms. In other words, the spiritual component. Who are we? We need to ask ourselves this question when we're about to make a change in our lives. What is it that I base this change on? Is this change recognizable as far as who I am and what I want to accomplish? And so when I talk about metaphysics and when I talk about our inherent spirituality, I always like to use the quote, rather than human beings trying to have a spiritual experience, we are spiritual beings learning to have a human experience. You see, most people believe that we're flawed human beings, and through God, through religion, we learn to become more spiritual, which means getting rid of our human flaws, just losing them, and being on our best behavior, being well-modulated, adopting every nice and pleasant and loving characteristic we can to express ourselves. Now, I, I don't see that there's anything particularly wrong with wanting to develop uh, a loving and generous character, but the point is that if we are spiritual by nature— we don't have to feel that we lack something, that we were born in sin, that there is something missing in us, and we have to avoid everything unpleasant to focus on the pleasant. In fact, spending our lives avoiding negative situations or avoid getting into trouble is not enhancing our spirituality because we are spiritual by nature. But what it's doing is keeping us from embracing the earth, embracing this life, and learning to look at all things, no matter how challenging, through the eyes of spirit. Now, being spiritual beings doesn't mean that we're flawless by nature. It means that we were created in love and we're capable of expressing our divine individuality through learning what it is to be fully actualized. 
In other words, the acorn grows into the mighty oak by embedding itself into the soil of the earth and experiencing its evolution through cooperation with the earth, rather than spending all its time trying not to get dirty. Our goal is learning to see the face of God in all of our experiences, including politics. And so to those of us who have spent many years trying to avoid dirty politics because it was just too unpleasant and would bring us down from where we were, we can look at ourselves as spiritual beings learning to have a human experience and realize that our goal is to embrace politics, to lift it up, to see it through the face of spirit, through, through our participation in helping it be all that it can be. Last week we saw the beginning of the end of political pendulum swings. The American people spoke for greater balance, rational thinking, and civil interaction with one another. In my opinion, this is a spiritual call to action, a time for our voices to be heard more strongly than ever. Voices for peace, nonviolence, respect, acceptance, and love are now being given a voice that will enable us to move past the pendulum swings that keep us going from one extreme to another and form a new paradigm shift. Now, does this mean that from now on we won't hear any of the voices of extremism and violence? No, not at all. We wouldn't want to believe that. We wouldn't want to have our head in the clouds. What we want to do is take a look at life from a different perspective, not from fear and avoidance, but from moving forward with understanding and with blessings, but with our boundaries drawn. No, we will not live that life of extremism and violence but we will do all that we can to make certain that there is another way of living, another level of respect that we can have for one another. So, no, we will be hearing the voices of extremism and violence, but we'll hear them in a different way. What it means is that through the power of our prayers, our words, our actions, we will no longer allow those voices to have free reign as they have in the past. We're finding our voice. Decency and goodwill are finding a voice. Let's do all we can to keep that voice alive. Now, I want to share with you that everyone who voted is a hero. We see that we prefer rational thinking and bipartisan cooperation to living with constant feuds and destroying our nervous system and our ability to relate to one another and keep our faith, we can and we will work to restore our democracy and heal the differences that have caused us so much grief in the past. There'll always be differences in life, always. We don't want to try to think the same way or all believe the same way. That's not individuality. That's robotic behavior. We don't want that. That's not unity. That's uniformity. So what we want to do is understand and accept our differences and be willing and able to talk through them and work through them. 
to agree to disagree, and to finally understand that we are so much more, not only to this country, but to the world. We're so much more than we've thought ourselves to be. We can be way-showers. We understand the principles of nonviolent communication. We understand that our goal is to realize and express the unity of all life. We're the ones who can lead the way. Let's remember that as we continue to live our democracy in the United States. God bless America. Thanks so much for listening to the Get Off Your Affirmation podcast. Please follow us on social media, on our Facebook page, or on our website, getoffyouraffirmation.com. Please feel free to send us a message. We really look forward to hearing from you. Have a wonderful week. You deserve it.